You're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. With tales from all over the nation, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Hello, Murph, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, AP, and hello, Just Go Bike listeners. Obviously, we're pretty excited to talk to you today. We've been out biking. We've been getting ready for Ragbri. I mean, I'm hyped. Yeah. And, you know, for those listeners who live in Iowa, it's been a rough, you know, few weeks, few months because of weather. But it's finally, I mean, I'm not in Iowa yet, but I'm hearing that, you know, it's getting to be really warm. People are starting to get sunburns and get outside on their bike more. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's hot here, (laughs) but it's kind of nice. It does. It reminds you of it has a uh, summertime to it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, you know, Ragbri's coming up where well, we you know, we had the episode where we talked about bike month, which is May, so we're still in bike month. But after bike month is June and then boom, it's Ragbri time. It's Ragbri month, yep. Yeah. I know. So it's right around the corner and I'm so excited and in honor of that, I think we're going to do something a little special with the podcast, Hummer. Yeah. Um, for those who have been lis- longtime listeners, we started a, a group of podcasts last year called Ragbri 101 and we have been getting a ton of messages. So we are bringing it back. We have to. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. We have no choice. And for those of you who don't know Ragby 101. It's a series of podcasts in which we answer really basic 101 level questions. Mm-hmm. No question too basic about right. Ragby. Right. And it's really easy. You can email us and Andrea will give the email. And also we have a hotline so you can call, leave a voicemail, know that your voice may be used on a future podcast, but we don't necessarily have to use your name if you don't want to. Yeah. Uh, the email is justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. Or you're welcome to send us a message on any social media platform. And we're at Just Go Bike. Mm-hmm. Or if you'd like to call in, the phone number is 515-303-0385. And that is just a voicemail inbox. So we won't be answering the phone. You'd just be calling in and leaving us a little note. And it's super easy. Like uh, there's a recording that kind of tells you what to do. You say your name, you say your question. And it could be simple. Like, you know, one of the questions we had last year was like, literally, uh, do I wear underwear under my bike shorts? And, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. if you don't know, you don't know. So any, right. there's nothing that you should think about asking. Just ask it. And yeah. uh, we may or may not use it on a future podcast. But anyway, so to celebrate the fact that we're getting close um, to time to talk about Ragbri and Ragbri 101, we're going to right now um, give you some of the best episodes that we've had from previous Ragbri 101s. And it may spark a question that you want to ask. So that's coming up here next. Yep. And sometimes just the thing that'll make you start thinking about Ragbri is a throwback to Ragbri preparations from last year. Yes. Um, So we're excited to get into that. And before we get into the rest of the episode, I just wanted to give a quick shout out. The Ride of Silence in Des Moines is coming up Mm. on May 18th. Mm. And the Ride of Silence is, it's literally a ride from in Des Moines where we ride and we don't say a word. And we just think about all those who have been lost 
while cycling mm-hmm. over the past year. And it's kind of somber and it is sad, but I think it's really important uh, just to kind of think back and reflect on those who were taken down in a really sad way, doing the thing that we all love to do. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe some of the ways that we can help, um, you know, address the many issues we have with our cycling laws in the future. Yeah, for sure. And if you're not in the Des Moines area on the 18th, you can just go to rideofsilence.org. And most major cities have a Ride of Silence. Um, I don't know if it's all on May 18th, but it's definitely during bike month. So check out to see if your community has a Ride of Silence as well. All right. Yep. And with that, let's get on to the episode. All right. Ragbri 101. Here you go. Hello and welcome to Ragbri 101, a Just Go Bike production hosted by me, a.k.a. Murph from the Murphology Podcast. This is the podcast where we explore everything you might want to know about Ragbri. This seven-day tour is the oldest, largest, and longest recreational bicycle touring event in the world. That's right, the world. There's no right or wrong way to do Ragbri. The goal is just to enjoy it. If there's something about Ragbri that you find intimidating, you're probably not alone. This podcast will explore, research, and provide you with the basics to help you enjoy your first Ragbri and hopefully many more in the future. Now a quick disclaimer, I'm not a medical professional and don't intend to make any medical claims. Seek advice from your medical professional before attempting a tour such as Ragbri. So if you have a Ragbri 101 question, call the Ragbri 101 hotline and leave a message. The number is 1-515-303-0385. That's 515-303-0385. Or email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. So let's get started with our first question. Hi, this is Ben, and I'd like to know more about the history of Ragbri and how the towns of Iowa can handle that many people. Thanks, and I really love your podcast. Thanks for the question, Ben. Ragbri stands for the Register's Annual Great Bicycle Ride Across Iowa. The seven-day ride takes place the last full week of July each year, and typical Iowa weather is steamy with humidity and temps in the high 80s. It started back in 1973 when two Des Moines Register journalists decided to hop on their bikes and ride across the state. They invited the public, and that first year about 200 people showed up to pedal. Fast forward to present time, where 10,000 or more riders plus their support crews take to the rural roads of Iowa and travel from the west border of the state all the way to the Mississippi River. The ride starts Sunday morning and ends Saturday with overnight stops in a different town each night. Daily mileage varies from 50 to 100 miles and a typical week is about 450 miles. The direction has always been west to east and each year the route changes, which means the terrain changes as well. I may be making this up, but I've heard the route is west to east because of the wind direction, which at that time of year there is less chance of riders experiencing headwinds and also the sun. It rises in the east and sets in the west, and most of us would rather have the sun at our backs as the heat of the day sets in rather than in your face. If you've never been to Iowa, trust me when I say this great state is not flat, especially when biking across it. You will soon find out. 
The executive director, Dieter Drake, and his team scout out the new route each fall, meeting with towns and cities across the state and deciding which journey riders will be taking. Then a big party in January kicks off everything with an announcement of the overnight towns. So that's the first time we find out where we'll be riding in July. From there, excitement starts building and riders get registered and start making plans. There is a fee to ride RAGBRAI and you'll need to get registered before April 1st. Registered riders enjoy services such as daily gear transport, designated camping areas, state trooper controlled intersections, on-route medical professionals, and SAG service if needed. Support vehicles must register as well and they are assigned to a route separate from the rider route. RAGBRAI is a one-way event across Iowa. Tradition has riders dipping their tires in the Missouri River on the west side of the state, and then at the end of the ride, we dip our tires in the mighty Mississippi River on the east side of the state. Now, if you look at a map, you will see there are not always towns located on the Missouri River, so not every year includes a Missouri River tire dip. Some towns will bring some of the river to their town and provide pools of river to dip your tire in, but not always. There are years when it's not not safe to get all the way to the Missouri River, so don't sweat it if you don't dip before you start. You will be guaranteed a tire dip and a great photo opportunity at the end. So here you are, you've decided to give this RAGBRAI thing a try and you got registered. Now what? Well, my first RAGBRAI was in 1997. I was hooked and I haven't missed a year since. I've done the ride many different ways. I've camped in the official campgrounds and used the official support trailers. I've done the ride camping in yards within the towns and using a team bus hauling my gear. I've had the luxury of staying in an air-conditioned RV. I've slept in basements. I've slept in a hammock. I've gone self-contained, meaning I've loaded up my bikes with panniers, holding all my gear and clothes and camped along the way. And I have been lucky enough to spend the week in hotels with a real shower and a real bed. Now, most towns are really small and have very few hotels, so the majority of riders camp. So how about a brief overview of what a week of RAGBRAI is like? Whether you're on a team bus, you pay to have a charter bus get you to the start, or you drive yourself, getting there and also what to do at the end of the week needs to be thought through and planned ahead. Typically, the last town will offer long-term parking if you plan to have your vehicle waiting for you at the end. You can find more details about this on the ragbri.com website. The bottom line is you need to get yourself, your bike, and your gear to the starting host town before the ride starts on Sunday morning. You can watch a video called How to Pack for Ragbri on YouTube if you need ideas on how to pack. Pack light enough so that you can easily carry your bag each afternoon from the Ragbri trailers or your support vehicle to your camp spot, and then you have to haul it back again in the morning. I call Saturday Day Zero and it kicks off with the RAGBRAI Expo. It's an all-day event, so once you get unloaded and have your camp set up, head on over to the Expo. The Expo is free to attend and has about everything you might think of relating to bicycles. You can buy anything you may need for the week or items you forgot to pack. You can also find all the official RAGBRAI merchandise at the Expo. There is great entertainment and people watching all day as well. And of course, food. So much food. I will get more into food in a future episode. Be sure to tour the town while you're there. Each overnight town works so hard for our arrival. Okay, so get some sleep because Sunday morning hits and it's go time.
Depending on your overnight arrangements, you'll need to have your camp stuff and gear packed up and on the official RAGBRAI trailers or your support vehicle by a pre-designated time. If you're tent camping, it should be pretty easy to wake up. Once the sun hits your tent, the intense Iowa heat will get you moving. Not to mention the sound of hundreds of tent zippers zipping open and shut as everyone else gets ready to start the day. Once your gear is loaded up, it's now just you and your bike. Take a deep breath. Your only mission is to end up in the next overnight town. Your speed and the number of stops are totally up to you. Take your time and enjoy yourself. Oh, and it's an unwritten tradition that first-time ragbri riders will have the word virgin written down their calf. This is to let other riders know it's your first time. Most seasoned riders have experienced the same ritual and will cheer you on and maybe offer some tips to get you through the week. There are so many things to see and do all day, so be sure to slow down, look around, and listen to other cyclists who may know of local attractions to check out. All along the route, you will find vendors with all kinds of good eats, and each pass-through town will be set up for us as well, with more food and entertainment. At the end of each day, you will have arrived in a new town. And this town will be full of more vendors and entertainment, and each morning will be a repeat of the day before. You would think seven days of riding would leave you slim and trim, but with all the great food vendors and the homemade church lady pie and all that beer and sports drink, you'll be lucky to go home without gaining a pound or two. So a bit more about the volume of riders on the Iowa roads. We will have plenty of space to spread out while we ride, but the first thing to remember is that the roads we ride on during RAGBRAI are not closed to vehicle traffic, so you may see vehicles. The RAGBRAI staff works closely with all the towns to help determine alternate roads for local drivers and businesses to utilize on the day we are riding through. So you shouldn't see too many vehicles, but occasionally a semi or vehicle may end up on the route. It doesn't take much for us bikers to get out of their way, and I would bet the driver of that semi or vehicle wishes they were anywhere else but stuck on the road with thousands of cyclists. So be nice, be patient, and be predictable so they can get to wherever they need to go. Are you worried about getting lost? The bicycle route is clearly marked with RAGBRAI branded arrows that are fastened to street signs, poles, and other fixtures along the route. As long as you are on the route during the official hours of 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., there will most likely be other cyclists pedaling near you, so you should never feel nervous about which way to go. Along with these route signs, you can print off maps from the ragbri.com website. You will also find maps in the registration book you will receive in the mail in early July with your registration credentials. Pro tip here, if you go to the expo, several vendors make cool laminated maps that show the elevation, the mileage, the names of the towns for each day that fit nicely in your jersey pocket. So try to grab one. They are free. Okay, the Iowa State Patrol is also set up at most major intersection and direct traffic for us riders. They typically block the vehicles, so we do not even have to stop pedaling. These are some of the coolest cops you will meet, and they stand in their uniforms in the heat all day long to keep us safe. Some of them even have big speakers set up on top of their squad cars to play music for us. Be sure to thank them as you roll through. You may also see three or four ambulances on the route along with a couple of medics on motorcycles. Give these guys plenty of room to roll through. They are there for registered riders who get into medical trouble, major or minor. SAG service is also part of your registration, so throughout the day, you will see big vans with huge trailers along the route. These are for riders who may have issues with their bikes, or they just can't ride the full route. 
In my opinion, the SAG service should be used as a last resort because each van only holds about 15 riders and their bikes. So if the van is full, you may be waiting a very long time for the next van to roll by. If by chance you do need to use the SAG, put your bike upside down on the side of the road. This is the signal the SAG drivers are looking for. Now keep in mind you'll be stuck in that van for a long time as the driver slowly makes his way along the route picking people up. So again, try your best to complete each day on your own. It will be so much more fun. If you have someone driving a vehicle for support throughout the week, as I mentioned earlier, they have their own route that is clearly marked with RAGBRAI vehicle route signs. You can print these maps on the RAGBRAI site as well. Support vehicles should not be on the rider route. This is a big no-no. Now the exception to this is that each day there is an official lunch meetup town where support vehicles use their own route to come into the same town and can meet up with you. With so many people, cell service is not the best, so if you plan to have your support vehicle meet you in the lunch town, make a tentative plan each morning by looking at the map together and finding some sort of landmark or business that maybe they can try to park near. As I mentioned, the RAGBRAI route hours are 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. That is 12 hours to ride the day's mileage, so you have plenty of time to explore each town, eat, and get to camp to set up and shower. There's no specific start time, so riders start whenever they are ready to go and end up spread out nicely throughout the day. Of course, when you have more than 10,000 bicyclists biking from point A to point B, there will be times of congestion, but it's not anything that will ruin your day. Be sure you and your biking friends ride right. This means riding predictable, stay to the right of the road if you are moving slower than others, and don't follow the rider in front of you too close. There are a wide variety of skill levels of cyclists on the route, and you just never know what to expect from anyone but yourself. If you need to stop, call it out and get off the road completely so others can keep on rolling. Same thing when you're going back on route. There is a steady stream of cyclists riding by you, and it doesn't take much to look back and wait for a break in the action before you start pedaling. A simple command like, rider coming on, will be very helpful for riders near you. And as you ride throughout the day, there will be all kinds of opportunities to stop for snacks, beverages, photo ops. So if you roll up on a vendor and the line is long, you have two choices. Stand in line and meet new people, or keep on rolling to the next vendor. The popular vendors who are on route every day will post signs along the route before their stop so you can plan ahead. For example, a shout out to Mr. Porkchop. It's a super popular stop and they have pink signs along the route to tell you how many miles until you reach them. They are on route every day so if the line is too long one day, save it for the next day. And usually the pork chop stop is located at a farm with many other vendors, so you'll have multiple options in addition to the famous pork chop. Most vendors are ready for high volume, so the lines move pretty fast. And really, what else do you have to do? So as you tour the great state of Iowa, you will notice many towns have populations less than the total of RAGBRAI riders en route, and probably have never experienced so much spandex invading their community. Embrace all they have planned for us, whether it's homemade pie, cold water, or live music. These volunteers have worked for months and months to make this day a success. And most communities will turn our money into great things like a new playground or updated fire station equipment. And don't forget to take pictures. It will be so hard to go back home and explain how small towns use tractors and wire to create bike parking through the middle of their streets, or how you saw a group of guys riding adult-size big wheels all week. 
So I guess that's a wrap. Ben, I hope I answered your question, and if you see me on the route, please say hi. Hi, uh, this is a question uh, from Jean about free water. Will all the towns have free water to fill water bottles? I'm thinking of the horizontal pipe with the holes drilled in. If the towns have them, is it always located at the exit from the town? Thanks. Hey, Ragby 101. My name's Tony. I'll be a first-time Ragby rider, and I just wanted to know what the vegetarian food options are like on the trip. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for calling in, Gene and Tony. On this episode, I'm going to talk about both food and hydration. So first up is hydration. Drinking enough water is pretty important to a successful ragbri experience. You've probably heard the saying, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. Well, July in Iowa is well known for both heat and humidity. It's pretty common for temperatures to be in the 90s while we're riding across the state. And then when you add in the humidity, it can feel even warmer. I'm sure you know that the way your body cools itself is by sweating. And for the sweating process to actually cool you off, the sweat needs to evaporate. While you're out riding, the air movement you create will dry your sweat and give you the feeling that the temps are a little cooler than they really are. But then when you stop pedaling, you'll most likely find yourself a sweaty mess in a matter of minutes. The good news is that your body is working hard to cool you down. But the bad news is you may not realize how much fluid you're losing throughout the day. Rehydrating before you feel thirsty is key, so be sure to carry a water bottle or two on your bike. You can buy bottle cages at your local bike shop that attach to your frame so the bottles are accessible between towns. Something to think about is that we lose water but also electrolytes when we sweat. So it's important to replace both of these throughout the day. You may even notice once your sweat dries that you have white stains on your jersey. That's sodium in your sweat. Adding an electrolyte-infused drink mix to your water bottle can go a long way in bringing your fluid and electrolyte levels back to normal. You can buy small packets of powder or tablets that come in small tubes, and you just add them to your water. My favorite is a brand called Noon, spelled N-U-U-N. You can buy it online, or most bike shops carry it as well. Hammer Nutrition makes electrolyte pills called Endurolites that also work well. These are just two brands that I've personally used, but there are many brands out there. You can also find sports drinks like Gatorade or Powerade available for purchase in almost every town along the route. As far as availability of water... You'll have many, many opportunities to fill your water bottles. As Jean mentioned when she called into the hotline, a lot of the towns create a makeshift water filling station using PVC pipes with dozens of little holes in the pipes for water to flow through. Typically, these water filling stations are about waist high and they attach to a fire hydrant or they are near the fire station. So the actual location of these will be different in each town we go through. And there'll be towns that do not do this. But rest assured, there will be plenty of vendors in the towns and also out along the route selling water. Typically, they're only a dollar or two per bottle. 
And a tip for you, if you're experiencing muscle cramps from dehydration, pickle juice contains electrolytes and will help you get back on track. I do not know if they'll be on the route this year, but in years past, there was a vendor at the expo and out on the route each day that sells little tiny bottles of pickle juice that are well worth the cost if you're suffering from leg cramps. I think their company name is just that, pickle juice. I remember one year I bought about a dozen of these little bottles while at the expo. They do not need to be refrigerated, so each day I'd grab one or two out of my gear bag and put it in my bike bag. Speaking of dehydration, signs you're dehydrated include headache, lightheadedness, increased heart rate, or your skin becomes dry and less and less elastic than usual, meaning when you pinch your skin, it doesn't bounce back into place like it normally does. And check your pee color. As the body becomes dehydrated, there's less water to dilute the waste products, and the urine gradually becomes more concentrated and darker. So the darker your pee is, chances are good the more dehydrated you are. If you start to feel dehydrated, find some shade, get some rest, and drink those fluids. My hydration strategy while on RAGBRAI is to drink water and electrolytes for the moment, but also more importantly, drink for the next day. Don't put yourself in danger because you're not drinking enough fluids. And the temperature, the wind, how far you're pedaling, and the previous day's events will determine your need for fluids. So Jean, to answer your question about whether or not filling stations will be on the route, it really will depend on the town and if they had the resources to create the filling station. I hope we see a lot of them as we tour across Iowa because it's a pretty cool idea. It's a great way to accommodate a lot of people wanting water, and it doubles as a quick way to cool off by splashing water on your face or soaking a bandana to drape around your neck. Okay, on to food, and thank you, Tony, for calling into the RAGBRAI 101 hotline. I'm going to talk about all kinds of food on the route, but first I want to address Tony's question about vegetarian options. Well, Tony, I am also a vegetarian, and let me tell you, vendors have come a long way when it comes to offering riders vegetarian options. My first RAGBRAI was in 1997, And I am pretty sure most days all I ate were sandwich buns and desserts because that was all I could find. Now, really, I don't have any worries about finding vegetarian options throughout the day. With that said, you may want to prepare yourself mentally for limited options because you really don't know what's available until you arrive and see what choices you have. In recent years, I have enjoyed veggie pizza, fresh bean burritos, all different kinds of pasta, tofu options, and so much more. Many vendors in the lunch meetup town and also in the overnight town are preparing your order right in front of you so you have the opportunity to ask for meatless options. And at least in previous years, many vendors have vegetarian options listed right on their menu. So a bit about vendors. Vendors can be local nonprofit groups. They can be local restaurants who bring their menu on the route. They can be Boy Scout or Girl Scout troops, VFW posts, church groups, you name it. Ragbride does not seek out vendors or make decisions on who goes where. And they don't make any money from vendor sales. So your money goes directly to the vendor, and many vendors are using their money to build a new playground, buy new equipment for the fire station, or whatever their community needs. It's definitely a major economic boost for these towns. 
well before we ride across Iowa, the volunteer committees in each town decide what vendors they will have in their town. So with that said, you may or may not find your favorite food every time you stop. Small communities may not have existing restaurants or resources to offer a lot of options. In addition to local vendors, there are many out-of-state vendors who return every year and are well-known and loved by riders. They set up daily in the lunch meetup town and also the overnight town. And if it's like in years past, you will have a nice variety of things to eat. You will find big vendors along the route during the ride as well. A lot of these popular vendors will scope out the route ahead of time, find a sweet location between towns each day, and connect with a local farmer for permission to use their front yard to set up. These vendors even post signs along the route to keep you motivated to find them. Mr. Porkchop is one of the most popular. They are on route each day and have a big pink bus that will usually be sitting at the top of a hill and you will see the smoke from the corn husks and smell the chops before you arrive if the wind is blowing just right. They also set up pink signs that tell you how many miles you need to ride until you arrive at the pink bus. As I mentioned, I do not eat pork chops, but Mr. Porkchop has multiple vendors that travel with him, so there is still good reason to stop. The sassy lemonade slushies are my favorite. They are ice cold, and for a few bucks more, they will add vodka if you want. So with all this food, be warned, you may actually gain a few pounds riding Ragbri, and do not forget to eat at least one piece of homemade Iowa pie. The town of Lytton is a stop on day two, and they claim they have America's best homemade pie. I tried a piece of their apple pie when we rolled through Lytton during the pre-ride a few weeks ago, and I can confirm it was delicious. As far as cost for all this food, it's not unusual to spend up to $35 per day on food and drink. Be sure to bring cash because many vendors do not have the ability to take credit cards. And when you see a sign that says, Official Ragbri Vendor, these are vendors who have completed the proper paperwork and have been inspected by food inspectors. So if you can spend your money with these vendors, do it. They may even offer a small discount if you show them your wristband. One last thought, even though most of the time food is available when you need it, I would highly recommend you carry some sort of high energy food like some nuts or a granola bar on your bike for those just in case type moments when you need a boost. And of course, if you have special dietary needs, it will be up to you to plan ahead. Pack your own food on your bike, find a grocery store in town, or if you have a support driver, they won't be able to find you on route, but they can meet you in the meat town and bring you lunch, and of course again when you get to camp. So that's a wrap. Tony and Jean, I hope I answered your questions. Well, listeners, that is it for this week. We both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com, or you can also follow us on social media at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. And if you have any extra time, pop on over to the Morphology Podcast for more bike adventure interviews. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back next week. Until then, just go bike!